Running for mayor. Two big cities on the Kansas side of the state line are choosing mayors on November 7th. The campaigns are interesting and important. Today we'll talk about Overland Park and Kansas City, Kansas. It's October 25th, 2017, and you are on Deep Background. Joining us now to talk about the Kansas City, Kansas Unified Government, Wyandotte <laughs> County Chief Executive Mayor's Race is Steve Bachrod of the Star. It's always a chuckle for me to refer to that election because what do we really call KCK, Wyandotte County? It's, it's, a, it's a long nomenclature, isn't it? For, for the newspaper, it's a stylistic nightmare. I to write out <laughs> Unified Government of Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas. Mayor, CEO, you know, sometimes <laughs> right. you have to go that far. But we do have a race for whatever we want to call it, Kansas City, Kansas, Wyandotte County, the head of the government there. Right. And the two candidates are the incumbent, of course, Mark uh, Holland, and then David Alvey. Now, mm-hmm. Steve, you've covered the race. Bring us up to date. What's the state of the campaign over there? What are the issues? What are they talking about? Sure. Um, it's becoming, uh, it seems like it's becoming a bit of a chippy uh, mayoral campaign. Uh, you know, Alvey and Holland were, of course, the ones that made it out of the primary. Holland with about 42% of the vote. When you're in the incumbent, of course, you want 50 plus one uh, so that you can more or less make a statement right. and uh, feel like you're pretty in pretty good shape uh, heading into the general. But, you know, 42% is a decent fetch for Holland, given that Alvey is, he comes from a sixth generation family in Wyandotte County, a prominent family. Alvey himself has been serving for eight years on the Board of Public Utilities. Right, so he's a known quantity. He, he is, isn't some neophyte that no one has ever heard of. Right, he, he is a known quantity. There were also in that primary was David Haley, uh, who's a Kansas state senator, uh, been involved in Wyandotte County politics for a long time. Uh, so, you know, it was a pretty strong field. There were a couple minor candidates after that, but those three um, cinched up most of the vote. And so you get the sense that Alvey is going a bit on the attack to try to perhaps make up some ground. He is hitting uh, uh, Holland on a few different issues. One issue that he's raised is that the unified government has about a uh, half billion dollar line item for deferred maintenance on 150 different buildings and facilities that the unified government owns. And he points to a financial forecast that the unified government chief financial officer has published that says, a couple of years there may be a mill, late, uh, mill levy increase uh, to pay for some of this stuff if we have to issue debt to fix up these this right. deferred maintenance. I think he's using that to sort of attack the mayor on his stance of, you know, we paid off the village west star bonds last december and we got this we're getting all this extra revenue now that doesn't have to go to the star bonds anymore and we used part of that extra cash to pay down or to reduce the property mill rate you know a couple mills so it's not a big deal but um it is in wyandotte county in kansas city kansas property taxes have always been inordinately high in part because the base is so narrow older houses that type of thing and in part because it's just higher it's always been higher in wyandotte right it's 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 you know and that's a that's a bit of a vestige to decades ago politics um you know as the valuations of all the property in wyandotte county dropped amid white flight and other uh other problems that they were having in the 60s 70s and 80s you know, they jack the property rate up. And that's always been that's always been a persistent complaint. Every time I've covered Wyandotte County elections, you get a whole bunch of people promising to 
lower the mill rate, and then they don't. Uh, Holland and this current commission is the first one that did that I'm aware of. I think it was the first time it's been done in several years. So, um, so there's that issue. Another big issue in uh, this race is one that's always ongoing as well, which is, you know, you see so much development and new projects out west of 635. Right. You've got the, you know, you got the Speedway, you got the Legends, you've got, you know, now you've got Sporting Park or Children's Mercy Park now, and they're building this U.S. soccer training facility. So you're left with a lot of people east of 635 and in the downtown core and the neighborhoods that surround it that keep wondering, when do we get ours? And that's been a bit of an issue. Um, you know, Alvi has talked a, quite a bit about, you know, we need to beautify d- downtown. We need to do some streetscaping, some landscaping. We need to spend some money. We need to get uh, m- you know, more public safety. He says the developers that he talks to say, downtown KCK is just not inviting. It's not clean. It's not safe. We don't want to put any money there. Um, Holland will say, you know, there is some, some there are some signs of life uh, downtown. There's some, you know, small businesses coming in Central Avenue, uh, a lot of Latino businesses uh, between like 6th and 18th Street along Central Avenue. Um, so he's saying it's coming along. And, you know, for Holland, he's trying to do this downtown healthy campus, which is a grocery store and a community center run by the YMCA. And it's something that he's put a lot of political eggs in the basket for. Um, so far, not much tangible to show for it. He says, though, that they're getting close on the fundraising and that groundbreaking, he expects groundbreaking to occur in, um, in the spring. Um, and he's, of course, hoping he'll be mayor to see that mm-hmm. happen. But that's, you know, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a vulnerability <laughs> for the mayor because he's been talking about it for four years. And, you know, and, you know, realistically, urban development, as we saw in KCMO, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of political will and, um, and patience. And patience. And so, you know, of course, I'm sure Holland wishes that he did have, you know, a couple cranes down there to show for it. But he says, you know, they're working on a letter of intent with a grocery operator for that grocery store, which is badly needed. Right. Um, and what he thinks is going, he thinks amenities like a grocery store and a community center are what's going to make downtown Kansas City, Kansas attractive for people to want to live. He wants to build the amenities to attract people to want to live there. This uh, dynamic of east versus west in Wyandotte County is uh, of longstanding, as you know, in Kansas City, Kansas. It's been a part of the politics there for decades. We had a chance to talk with Mark Holland and David Alvey about that issue on Facebook Live. Here's a little bit of that. The big picture of economic development in Kansas City, Kansas, of growing the economy, of protecting Village West and the amenities there that continue to create the number one tourist destination in the state, bringing in 10 million people, the T-bones are a part of that. And I don't want a a missing tooth on the smile of the city um, when people come to visit. So the investment is a a bigger picture understanding than one customer. If a customer is going to generate a $4 million economic benefit to our community, yeah, I'd cut the same deal with them because I think it's a good return on investment. But every deal, every economic development agreement is individually looked at, individually negotiated for a return on investment. We have to get more for our residents out of all the development. And at the same time, I think we have to be clear that, you know, when we talk further east, we also look at Fairfax. So Fairfax is one of the most important institutions in Wyandotte County. It's really the first uh, industrial district in the, in the nation, planned industrial district. And when we've gone back and redeveloped that area, those tax incentives, it seems to me that that was, first of all, a prime piece of property. That doesn't change. 
we have to take advantage of the locations and the, and the internal dynamics of Wyandotte County, which naturally attract people. I think we have to trust that more. We have to let those, play, let those forces play out more and make sure we get more. Okay, back now with Steve Vakrod. Um, one of the other uh, dynamics uh, over time, Steve, in Kansas City, Kansas, has always been sort of this vague feeling of corruption or insider dealing or, or you know, the government is not responsive to the people. But you don't really sense that with Mark Holland too much. Now, maybe I'm missing something. Is there, do we, do, is there any pushback from the Alvey side about the way the government has been run in Kansas City, Kansas, Wyandotte County? You know, I, when, when we're talking, you know, 70s, <laughs> 80s era patronage politics uh, that made... I mean, the, the head of the party was shot dead in a parking r- lot. Yeah, in broad Democratic daylight. party, yeah. yes. Um, which has never been solved. Right. Um, you know, you don't really get that sense from Holland or this much from this current commission. Um, you know, one thing that Alvey has hit you did Holland, have, you did. Let me stop you there. You did have the Holland Mergia uh, ongoing running dispute. They didn't really fill a seat for a long time. Does does that play any role in this? Is there is there sort of a, of, of a, an opposition that has rallied around Mergia slash Alvey slash opposition? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's certainly Mergia certainly has a following one in Wyandotte County, and they're very put off by uh, Mayor Holland, who's been very vocal about this. You know, to, to, to quickly summarize it, you know, Mergia has a nonprofit that does development in Argentine, and she originally ran into some trouble when she was trying to get some unified government money for some developments in Argentine. For, and, for the nonprofit. Right. And so, or through the nonprofit. So Holland called her out for, you know, hey, if you're, if you're on the commission, you can't be getting money from the commission for your nonprofit. And there were some rules that were established um, to, tr- you know, try to force a clearer line and that's been an ongoing issue and you know for the it doesn't seem like it's an issue in this race it's not i mean i I think a lot of the people who support mergia are going to support alvey by uh, extension you know one thing alvey has hit holland on is he is uh, to my knowledge the first mayor who's had a security detail and alvey recently said you know that costs that costs us between 250 to 300 thousand dollars uh, there was a there was an issue at one point with one of the officers on a security detail, uh, in in terms of overtime or extra time that he was getting paid for. So that's something that Holland has been hit for because, uh, and you know Holland will respond that the chief of police in KCK has said you know he recommended having a security detail and a dignitary detail and you know that the cost seemed to be fine with yeah. the chief of police. One of the things that Mark Holland has talked to us at the editorial board about a lot is uh, the need to um, uh, address dilapidated housing in Kansas City, Kansas, and particularly in the poorer, older neighborhoods in the north, northeast. Uh, um, that, that's a long-term project, too, isn't it? And, and another perennial problem in in Kansas City, Kansas. Has that become something that the candidates talk about? I mean, is that something that government in Wyandotte County uh, will need to address in the coming years, in your view? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's certainly a big, outstanding issue, which, again, ties Vacant back. Vacant lots, yeah. absentee landlords, all of that right. stuff. Right, and investors who come in, buy the you know, out-of-town investors who buy the properties. And you know, KCK has always been the home of these suspicious land deals where, you know, one, one prominent example was when a lot of people, a lot of investors were buying houses on the cheap, and they would do these contract for deeds, which is right. basically like seller financed uh, uh, 
uh, seller financed home sales. And that led to a lot of vulnerability among the buyers who thought really that they were just renting. And so then they weren't, you know, the land or the owners weren't really actually responsible for the upkeep. And right. uh, so that, I mean, that's a big issue. I mean, it's a, it's a pathology with, you know, absentee landlords, delinquent property taxes. I mean, it's a very right. c- common story in sort of older inner ring cities in Kansas City. Kansas is probably the exemplar of all of that in the metropolitan right. area. Right. Yeah, cer- certainly certainly true and you know for a long time Wyandotte County and KCK did not have a very sophisticated land bank system. That's made some improvements over the years. You know, it's something that Holland has talked about wanting to uh, fix, but you know, again, when we talk about some of these legacy issues in Wyandotte County, there are things that are going to take uh, years, if not decades, to right. to show market improvement right. on. Well, let me wrap up this part of the conversation. By the way, we're going to talk with Lynn Horsley in a minute about the Overland Park mayor's race and hear from both of those candidates as well. But um, give us a sense, Steve, whether sort of O-line politics are playing any role in this race. I mean, is, there, are the, is the Democratic Party machinery, whatever still exists over there, if anything, is that, is it involved or is Holland in some ways a continuation of the Carol Marinovich sort of, you know, reformer, anti-machine politics candidate? Yeah, I think... I because think I ask that because, you know, the BPU has its own problems. I mean, we've talked right. a lot about Mayor Holland, but the BPU, in terms of nepotism and other things, has been a target of criticism for many, many years. Right. And David Alvey's involvement with the BPU might be an issue as well. Yeah, and it has been. I mean, you know, Holland recently came out and said, you know, my, my opponent here, David Alvey, has been on the board of the BPU for for eight years, and since then he's voted several times to increase water and electricity rates, right. which makes life more difficult for the residents. Um Alvi will respond, hey, when I came on the board, we had 19 days cash on hand. I mean, we were about to default. We had uh, we, right. had, we had no other choice. But, you know, there's always been some question about whether the BPU is an effectively run public utility. There's, you know, well, there will be debates, uh, you know, for, forever in, in Wyandotte County there's about whether they should privatize right, it. Right, or sell it or whatever. Yeah. And, and that, But that's not an issue in this race, one assumes. It's, it's been a bit of an issue in terms of, you know, the mayor saying, you know, these electric rates uh, have, have been going up. and uh, But he hasn't come out and said, hey, we need to sell the BPU. No, no, nobody's, uh, you know, nobody on the political side of things, right. to my knowledge, is saying that publicly. Yeah, right. But but it is an issue. It is. And, yeah. and, and, and David Alvey's involvement in the BPU is an issue. And again, that's part of the whole sort of political structure in Kansas City, Kansas, that's been around as long as I've been in this community. Right. And Holland, you know, Holland said recently at a forum, he said, you know, the, the, the community college, they televise their meetings, the unified government, they televise their meetings. The BPU, you can't even find the minutes online right. for their meetings. Yeah, get, get, or open records requests take months, can, and yeah. maybe it's a, just a mess. Yep. All right, Steve Vockrot with the Star. Thanks so much for your update on the Kansas City, Kansas, Wyandotte County Unified Government <laughs> Mayor CEO race. We'll see what happens on November 7th. When we come back, Lynn Horsley on the Overland Park Mayor's race, and we'll hear from both candidates. Joining us now is Lynn Horsley of the Kansas City Star. Lynn, thanks so much for joining us. You've been paying a bit of attention to the mayor's race in Overland Park, which I think sort of went under everyone's radar for a long time, in part because the incumbent, Carl Gerlach, hasn't had an opponent before, at least in the since for re-election. He obviously did 
uh, when he first ran. But he does have an opponent this time, Charlotte O'Hara, whose name should be familiar to a lot of people. Tell us what the, you think the state of that race is. I mean, it is it it has drawn interest, hasn't it? It certainly has, and uh, there is a clear choice for people, which in Overland Park they have not had. Uh, Carl Gerlach did uh, have an opponent when he first ran 12 years ago. He's now seeking his fourth term, uh, and this is the first time since he first ran that he has had an opponent. And Charlotte O'Hara is um, definitely uh, raising issues and um, says she's got a fair amount of support. Um, Carl, I think, is running on this idea, which is true, that Overland Park is a great place to raise a family, and it's got a very good quality of life, and actually a pretty low-cost property taxes, great schools. Um, Safe community. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and Wallet Hub and some other sort of national ranking groups have, have rated Overland Park very highly. Charlotte's point is that uh, the city council is too insular, it's not geared toward average citizens or small businesses, and it caters too much to large corporations and is too generous with taxpayer incentives. Yeah. You know, both people may be correct. Right. Overland Park does have a great quality of life, and perhaps it has been overly generous with uh, incentives. Um, I think uh, Carl still has a lot of support. It's going to be hard. Even Charlotte acknowledges right. it's an uphill battle. And to be honest, Charlotte has never won a race. Right. She did serve one term on the uh, Kansas legislature that she was appointed to. She was appointed as a representative. But she has run for numerous offices and has not ever right. been elected. She's, not, she's certainly a familiar name, familiar face in Johnson County politics, quite conservative from the southern part of the county. And you do get the sense, Len, that... Some of her critique is is more cultural than anything else. That her her criticism is that it's the council is uh, mm. insular, that it doesn't listen to the public, that it doesn't understand what the public is going through, that it's a good old boy network. I don't want to put words in right. her mouth. Right. No, I think but, but that's, that's absolutely true. true. Yeah. And she says she's gone door to door to 2,800 households, and she's hearing a lot of, of resistance and, and frustration from people who just don't feel like their views are listened to. I think Carl's point is they have a council that works well together. Why shake? You know, if it ain't broke, why right. fix it? Right. I mean, it? he told the Ed board, he goes, now's not the time to experiment, which I think even Charlotte would admit her approach would be not experimental, but certainly outside the norm of what you get in. Over the park well, what Charlotte said is she would not give incentives to large corporations. And what Carl replies is all of the communities give incentives. So if you don't give incentives, you're going to watch businesses flee to Olathe or Lenexa or Shawnee, you know, that this is a competitive environment. And it if you want to do an experiment, you are going to probably lose. He says Kansas tried an experiment and it failed and it cost the schools uh, and, and public safety. And so I think his feeling is things are going well. Actually, Overland Park has a fair amount of momentum and keep going. Um, you know, I think there is recognition that parts of Overland Park need to be redeveloped. And again, there's a debate about the best way to do that. Uh, Gerlach would like to bring in more mixed use, kind of more density, a little bit more of an urban environment, certainly not to the extent of downtown Kansas City, but I think they're trying to appeal to younger families. Uh, they're bringing in a lot of apartments, and I think Charlotte's feeling is 
do it more organically, uh, promotes uh, single-family development, take care of the infrastructure. I think she would reallocate some of the public infrastructure dollars uh, and maybe focus more on the northern part of the uh, city. Carl Gerlach says, being mayor is not one issue. It's not incentives. It's balancing a ton of different uh, interests and topics and that um, Charlotte doesn't have the broad view that a mayor of a big city needs. Uh, Interesting you would mention incentives, Lynn, because as you know, uh, both candidates came to the editorial board this week and talked about this issue a lot. Let's listen to a little bit of that and then we can talk on the other side. Businesses jump from place to place grabbing the incentives and it it's not it is not a good public policy I, I it just is not it's not working if it was working on the state level all of these incentives across the state are costing us a half a billion dollars a year a half a billion I and mean, we have it's an alphabet soup of tax incentives i'd like to address a couple issues about will these companies come no they would not Obviously, my, my preference would be to get rid of incentives across the country. But unless it goes across the country, then you're going to have, and especially if you just do it with one city within a metropolitan area that has so many cities here, that would be a disaster. Okay, back now after hearing from Charlotte O'Hara and Mayor Carl Gerlach in Overland Park about incentives. Um, one of the things I thought was so interesting yesterday is in this debate over whether you should offer some sort of handouts or, or hands up to businesses, Overland Park had a reputation for years of not doing that and then changed its mind during the Gerlach administration. Do we have a sense of why that was? Did they just say, finally, we have to compete? Was it the Sprint headquarters, which was heavily incented? I mean, what 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 caused the city to change its mind? You know, Charlotte says that Overland Park did not offer any incentives before 1996. Now, that's uh, uh, always an says, exaggeration. Right, C- C- Carl, Carl says it was the early 90s. I think he just feels like, and, and to be honest, Kansas City, Missouri didn't do a ton of incentives uh, until the late 90s. And all of the cities on both sides of the yep. state's line ramped up the incentives. I think the state of Kansas ramped up the amount of incentives it gave. Uh, then we had a recession. And so, again, communities were scrambling for businesses. And um, so I think Carl's feeling is if Overland Park is not in the game, it will lose. And I think Charlotte's feeling is Overland Park has a lot going for it. It does not, it does not have to, you know, it, it can sell itself as a, as a great community and let the market yeah. work. Yeah. And, of course, I think one of the struggles you always have when, when Charlotte O'Hara or anybody who is anti-incentive uh, makes that statement is it's so hard to test. You know, how do you know whether businesses came or went, or whether they would have come had you been more forthcoming? Well, and that's what Isn't Carl that, is that, saying. That's the standard sort of concern about this, whether it's Kansas City, Missouri, or Overland Park, or anywhere he, he, else. He cites the risk that you will lose businesses, and he also points out that some of these new developments, while they yes have redirected some of the money to the development, it also has been a net gain in terms of tax and tax revenue for the school district, the county, and the city. I think, you know, both sides have some merit to right, them. Right, You did get, you, I was also interested when Charlotte O'Hara said this week to us 
that she would not rule out all incentives, that it would be more of a case-by-case thing. But you do get the sense from hearing her talk about this that the bar would be extraordinarily high. I think it would be I mean, she said she would not have bid on the Amazon uh, proposal, for example, which is defensible, but it's clearly a delineation between her and what Carl Gerlach put. Right. You know, right now, Overland Park is wondering what's going to happen with Sprint. And I think Charlotte feels like... Overland Park gave away the store for Sprint years ago. It, it's watched the uh, employment drop from 14,000 to 6,000, and that the, the city bet on a whale and lost. I think Carl would say that, that uh, the the gains from having Sprint be part of this community were, you know, quite advantageous. Interestingly, he doesn't talk about what might happen if Sprint goes away. Right. He says he's not really worried about it. Just to be blunt. You know, and you'd think he would be pulling out all the stocks to make sure Sprint (laughs) doesn't leave. I think he uh, can suggest that he's confident that if there's quite an erosion in Sprint leaving, it will be made up by other top quality corporations. You... um Let's broaden this conversation out just a little bit, Lynn, because I'm just fascinated when when the two candidates here, we talked a little bit about this thing you mentioned about redeveloping the north part of Overland Park, where some places the neighborhoods are a little bit in decline or or potentially in decline. We also talked about the Brookridge development along Indian Creek, and there's pushing and shoving over that. Overland Park is really at an interesting place in its history, isn't it? Because it isn't, it, you know, when we were younger, <laughs> the whole dynamic was annex land, grow, build sprawl. things. Sprawl. You get the sense now that the challenge for the next 25 years in Overland Park, particularly, but all Johnson County suburbs, is managing their communities, managing their growth, reinvesting in areas that have problems rather than just simply annexing farmland and throwing up a new strip shopping center. Right. Is I mean, it, would you, do you yeah. see the same, that, the same way? Absolutely. And uh, there certainly is a difference of opinion about how to do this. Obviously, the inner ring suburbs are aging and they need to revitalize. Um, uh, Overland Park is trying to revitalize its downtown. They are putting up multi-family kind of denser right. apartment complex. They took down the old White Hotel, the White Haven Hotel, and put up a big apartment They're complex replacing, there. They're uh, replacing an old Sonic and a car lot right. on Metcalf. I think uh, Carl would say this is exactly what the citizens asked for, a, a slightly more walkable, dense urban environment. Uh, but people living in the single-family neighborhoods right around downtown, there is pushback, and some right. of them feel like it's too dense, and, and they would prefer to see uh, more preservation of the single-family, right. uh, family-friendly environment that Overland Park has a always been A suburban one rather than a more urban approach. Exactly, and, and that there's some ur- pushing and tugging on that. Yes, and the urban approach means things for schools and transportation and tax uh, levies, that type of thing. I mean, it's really an important choice that Overland Park it, faces. It is, and Charlotte points out, you know, okay, you can put up a big apartment building right on Metcalf, but have you factored in the additional traffic? And people do look at Metcalf and think there's already a lot of traffic, and if you ask, add 400 apartment units, yeah. what's that going to do? Uh, but other communities are managing that, and to be honest, some young people, if Overland Park wants to bring in more young people and keep its schools vibrant, it may have to have some of this more walkable, right. uh, denser environment. No, because that's what younger uh, families want. And it's also, just to be clear, 
managing that kind of problem is almost always more difficult than just annexing land. I mean, Kansas City, Missouri went that through that for a time where they just annexed land north of the river and thought, well, we'll right. just add to the community on that basis. At some point, you do have to say, okay, we've grown as much as we're going to reasonably grow. Now we have to figure out how to fix what we have. Right. And I think Overland Park is, is really on that doorstep. Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. And so what give us a final question. What's your sense of the race? I mean, uh, well, I, I I think Charlotte is uh, raising some very good questions, and she's giving people a very good choice. But I do think she has an uphill battle. Carl has been in office for twelve years. He's a popular incumbent, uh, and you know, she Charlotte is challenging a mayor of ostensibly one of the most popular cities or suburban cities in this metro and perhaps in this country Um, but she is bringing a lot of energy to it and I think even Carl agrees that having an opponent is energizing and probably good for the community And, and in addition when 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 you get sort of for lack of a better term a boat rocking candidate like this it's often a sign that even if that candidate doesn't succeed in this election, that some people think some things need to be addressed in places like Overland Park. We see it in Kansas City or saw it in Kansas City for years, too, where you get these sort of, I don't want to say fringe candidates, but outsider candidates who point out things that need to be addressed that have been long ignored in a community. And I do get the sense that that, you wrote about this thing with Terry Goodman and the exchange with his opponent. That's another manifestation of that idea that people are beginning to say, no, you know, we've got serious problems that are not just adding more farmland at 200th Street, and that if nothing else, those candidates are raising those Well, and that's what's interesting about Overland Park. Charlotte is not part of a slate. There's not a, a set slate of candidates, but there's four other candidates that are going up against incumbents. And they're making this cultural, you know, you're too closed argument. Right. I mean, these are many of them incumbents who have never faced an opponent or, or rarely, and they maybe haven't come through the traditional channels that Overland Park has viewed as the proper way to, to run and to get onto the city council. There is some boat rocking going on, and it may in fact be healthy and spark, uh, you know, a broader idea about how to shape the city. Right, right. We'll find out on November 7th, won't we, whether the boat is rocking or will capsize <laughs> after the election returns come in. Lynn Horsley, thank you so much for chatting with us about this important subject. And And uh, thanks to all of our listeners, and tell your friends about the podcast for now. I'm Dave Helling with the Kansas City Star's editorial board. You've been on Deep Background.